Hey friends, it's Heather. Okay, you guys are my people, my podcast friends and neighbors, and I'm so excited. I wrote a children's book. Can you believe it? It's my very first children's book. It's called Different, A Great Thing to Be. It stars our girl, Macy, who is a lot like you and me, but she's also quite different, which is a great thing to be. I wrote this for all of us, for your kids, for my kids, for all of the kids. And what may be one of the greatest thrills of my whole life is different is a New York Times best-selling book. That's right, you heard it here. I'm now a New York Times best-selling author. I'm so excited for this book to make its way onto your bookshelves as together we celebrate the different in all of us. To learn more, you can head over to heatheravis.com forward slash different. Hey friends, and welcome to another special throwback episode of the Lucky Few podcast, where we are shifting the narrative by shouting the worth of people with Down syndrome. It's Micah here, and today we're so excited to re-release an episode that is very special to me, featuring a ton of lucky mamas who sat down and chatted with us at the Down Syndrome Diagnosis Network annual retreat. We asked them the question, what do you wish you knew when you received your child's diagnosis? And we're so happy to be able to share this episode once again. So thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. Hey friends, happy new year. It's Heather here. So let's talk about something. Let's talk about the fact that if you're a mom listening, you know that we spend so much time and energy as moms supporting our kid with Down syndrome and all too often our own health, it takes the back burner. Things like, I don't know, getting enough rest, regular exercise, making healthy meals become afterthoughts and it leaves us physically and mentally exhausted. Anyone else agree with this? Our needs as moms are legitimate. And when we put on our own oxygen mask first by staying healthy, we are better able to care for our kids. Our energy improves, our mood improves, and we feel strong and capable as moms. We don't need diets and crazy exercise programs to be healthy, but instead we need to care for ourselves by eating nourishing foods, moving daily, resting, and all kinds of stress management. It's really hard to do, right? Here's the thing, Megan over at Oxygen Fitness offers online group coaching programs for moms just like us. There's a 12-week mom restore system for busy moms suffering from low energy who want to improve their health without strict diets and hours at the gym. My hand is up for that one. There's the 20-minute boost program, and it's a daily 20-minute workout you can do right in your home and even with your kids to improve your strength, your fitness, and your flexibility. The thing is, working with a coach and a group of other moms who understand where you're coming from, it changes everything. You'll never feel alone on your health journey, and that is so very important. Go ahead and follow Oxygen Fitness Coaching over on Instagram at Oxygen Fitness Coach, and also the same on Facebook. We hope that you take some time to look into this and think about yourself right now. And if you decide that this is something you want to invest in, Go ahead and mention the Lucky Few podcast, and you can use coupon code LUCKYFEW to get your first month free. Well, hey, Heather. Hi, Micah. Well, we we were together mm-hmm. at the DSDN. 
Rock and Moms Retreat. And I was, this is one of my favorite things to do is just to get that little microphone and walk around and talk to other moms. And I got to ask a couple of questions. And one of them was, if you could go back and talk to yourself when you got your child's diagnosis, what would you say? And that's, this is probably not the first time I've asked that question, but I feel like every time I ask that question, man, it's a, <laughs> it's a lot. It, mm-hmm. There's a lot of feeling around mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It like hits at a heartstring right away Yeah, for, for people. And, you know, we've talked to you on the podcast, like my, my experience as an adoptive parent is a different kind of a diagnosis experience, but there was mm-hmm. still a lot of fear. Um, yeah. and I would tell myself and I tell parents now, like the fear and the, the sadness is not down syndrome. It's something, it's the unknown and the unexpected yeah. and tried, I would like really try to separate the two. Um, and at the end of the day, you have a baby, like there, so you're going to have a baby in your arms and it's your baby and it's your baby, you know, like just, yeah. just remember that piece because it's just a baby, you know, and especially at the beginning, I know a lot of times kids with Down syndrome can have a lot of health issues, but still it's just your baby, <laughs> like a human baby, you know, what yeah. would you tell, what would you tell yourself? Oh man. I think, I mean, there's so many things I would, and I've written about, I think, I think one of the things that I have been most surprised by is that I am able to, to stand up for him in a way that I never w- felt strong enough to, I, I never felt like an advocate sort of person, mm-hmm. I think. And, and I've been, I think that my younger self would be surprised by mm-hmm. how strong I've found myself to be even in things that are, that feel a little dumb. I mean, maybe that's not the word, but like this week, I, I am so angry about his swim class. I signed him up for, we went to two classes. He's never going back. I'm so frustrated. What happened? It's, it's not like, you know, it's it, they just wouldn't listen to me and were not taking me seriously with the feedback I was trying to give of how to help ACE cooperate, be part of the class. So the first class they were like, oh, it didn't work. It didn't work. Cause he just kept jumping off. <laughs> he was like, didn't want to sit on the side of the pool. Right. Yeah. He wants to like jump in and he was having a blast just jumping back <laughs> in every time they put him back on the side of the pool. So then they come back to me and I was like, listen, if we can come up with some visuals, I'll help you come up with visuals to help him understand what he needs to do. And they were like, no, he just needs a one-on-one class, which is of course like $20 more to do an individual class. And so I decided I'm not going to fight it. I'm just going to do one more of these um, and see how it goes. And it, it was like manhandling him the whole time. It was not listening to like, I tried so hard to explain, here's the ways to help him understand. And instead they were just like taking his body and moving his body to do these different things. And he was frustrated and, and I'm like, okay, like we, you know, I yeah. think that there's so many things like this. It's not a huge deal. It's just another little blip. I'm going to send them a stern email, tell them I'm not coming back and find somewhere else. But I think there's so many things in my life like that, where I am like, Hey, I know my kid, you don't know. And, 
And I think that part of me didn't exist before mm-hmm. just the, the confidence and the ability to, um, help, help teach the world. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. 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 That's real. That's good. I, um, I would also say to parents and do say to parents a lot, like you've got this, you know, even, yeah. even, um, I remember being the parent who saw a story like mine with like when Mason came home, she had a heart defect and she was on oxygen and she was so sick and a month into coming home, we went into open heart surgery and all that. And I remember hearing those stories and being like, good for you. You know, like, wow, you're amazing. I could never. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you do. Mm-hmm. And I think I can also recognize, like, I didn't want to hear that or know that, but whatever comes your way, you're going to do it and you're going to do yeah. great. You know, like yeah. you're going to do it and your kids going to do it and they're going to do great. Cause that's what we do. And it might be heart yeah. surgery and it might be navigating a swim class or yesterday I posted something on Instagram about an IEP and a mom reached out and said, my daughter's only one. When do we do an IEP? Like she'd never heard of an IEP. And I mm-hmm. said, um, I said, I explained what it was. And then I said, just enjoy her. You've got some time, just enjoy her as a one-year-old and do what you need to do. And when it comes time for her to have an IEP, there's a million resources and you'll find the right person and you've got this, but don't worry about it right now. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, and I think that's a good word for me too. thinking into the future. It's like that balance. I think just in parenting of you have what's here and now and a million things to worry about for tomorrow. Right. And how do you hold both of those? And with the down syndrome, with my kids with down syndrome, that feels heightened even, Yeah. but it's such a good practice to be like, this is what's happening right now. And we're going to do this thing right now. And yes, we're going to think about Mason in the workspace and August in the workspace. And we're going to think these things through in high school, but I'm not going to spend my time there worrying because that's not what's happened. That's not what exists today. My kids woke up and got ready for school and went to school and they're going to slay it, you know, or not. And when we pick them up (laughs) and when we pick them up, we'll cross that bridge too. I think that's like, it's, it's going to be what it's going to be. And you've got it. You've got this. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like raising ACE has been such a metaphor for me for so many things in my life, Mm -hmm. you know, like the, that, that whole idea of there's, I can, there's a bunch of things I need to be preparing for. Absolutely. I need to be like figure saving money. I need to last week. I, I freaking went to an IEP binder organization class. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) What is happening to me? But I, but like those things are real. And at the same time, what matters today is like, am I feeding him? Is he practicing the small things that we need to practice? Are we, you know, is he feeling loved? Is he safe? Are we playing? And I think there's so much of our lives is our both. And mm-hmm. there's a whole lot to hold. There's a lot of emotion and there's also just right now. And, um, he's, a, he's a little kid and I'm raising he's a just, little kid. He's just a sweet little guy. Sweet mm-hmm. little ace. I know. I realized I have a lot more to talk about with this topic than, than I had expected. Um, I also have been thinking a lot this month. Like I've been thinking differently about a lot of things with Down syndrome this month, but one thing that really has been that I've been pondering and has been sticking out is this, how many people get a diagnosis and it's attached to something negative. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a really common story. I'd say more often than not. And then 
everyone I've met, I know it's not everybody, but everyone I've met in the Down syndrome space feels quite the opposite pretty quickly, you know, within months or a year or whatever. And I was like overwhelmed by a love for a human and this idea of love and how, how we get to learn to love like that. Mm. And I think that, I think that as humans, we try to put everything into a box we can understand, um, and put limits on things for our own understanding. And this idea of love is like very infinite and we can never understand the depths of it. Um, and then our kids with down syndrome invite us deeper into it because this thing that we were so sure was the worst thing ever becomes the, one of the greatest sources of love for us. I mean, that, that feels really, it feels really special to get yeah. to live, live in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what does William Blake say? We are put on earth a little while that we might learn to bear the beams of love. Yes. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> That's this episode's t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of episode t-shirts, I'm jumping, I'm jumping down that. Jump, it, jump okay. down it. Jump down that idea. You guys, listeners, we need feedback here. What if, I don't know who's going to do this. So it may never happen. What if every episode that we make a t-shirt idea, we make one t-shirt <laughs> and then we, then someone buys it. We auction it. <gasps> I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea and it'll help fund the podcast. <laughs> let's do that. We've I think we should do that. Podcast, y'all. Okay. okay We're going to, so let us know if you're listening, give us, email us hello at the lucky few podcast.com or go to on Instagram and say, yes, I would buy one of your amazing t-shirt concepts. Yes, I would buy your <laughs> learn to bear the beams of love t-shirt. <laughs> There's only one. So who's going to get it? Also, it's not our quote, but we're going to, it's going to say that. And then on the bottom in parentheses, is going to say, put that on a shirt and then it makes it original. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Um, well, I am very excited to go to hear from all these fellow mamas from the Rockin' Moms Retreat before we do. Yeah, I can read. Do. I'll read we this. Do. We have a, um, a little we review do. from a very sweet listener. This is from OK Now Strip. And they say, dear lucky few, my dearest friend, Mrs. Molina, introduced me to this podcast last year. Her son, my in quote print or quotes, it says nephew, Vincent, has been a shining light of joy in our lives. I get emotional thinking about what a beautiful resource your podcast has been for Benson's family to have any small chance to better support Michelle, Ben and Benson is immeasurably valuable. Thank you so much for your show. You have loyal listeners in us. Mm. So awesome. Thank you for sharing that review. It means everything to us to know that we, to know that we can join you in this journey. Um, if you are a listener, don't forget to review the show on Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And then maybe we'll read it aloud next week. We love reading these and appreciate your support very, very much. All right. Well, without further ado, we're going to go listen to, and I think I've just said DSDN every time. This is the Down Syndrome Diagnosis Network. They have a retreat every fall that's called the Rockin' Moms Retreat. And so we're going to go over there. We're going to listen. We're going to meet some friends. We're going to cry. 
Let's do it, you guys. Okay, Micah here. I am walking around here at DSDN Rocky Moms Retreat, and I'm gonna start asking the question of different moms. If you could go back and talk to yourself back when you got your diagnosis, what is one thing you would tell yourself? Let's see what people say. It's okay. We're, this is a place for crying. Okay. This is our crying circle over here. Um, so I'm going to ask you your name and where you live. And, you know, you can tell us your child's name. And, and then the question is, what do you wish you had known? Or what would you tell yourself, your younger self, when you got that diagnosis? Um, my name is Ashley Brocious. I live in Illinois. My daughter with Down syndrome is going to be 16 in November, so I didn't have this support. Um, I heard lots of negative, which a lot of moms do, you know. And um, <laughs> Jesus, um, what I would say is, it's gonna be okay. Like, no matter what life throws at you, you're gonna get over it. It may take a little longer to get there, but you're gonna be okay. Your child's gonna be okay. And it's gonna it's gonna be fun and it's gonna be hard, but it's gonna make you stronger and you can do it. That's what I would say. Cause I didn't have support. I had nothing but negative and you know, people telling me stuff and I pushed my daughter and we broke barriers and she's still breaking all those stereotypes. So yes, that's what I would say. <laughs> I love that. Does anybody else wanna say something? Um, we're, I'm here with, uh, the lucky few podcast. Okay. Do you know, yeah. have you heard of us? Um, we're doing an episode on what would you tell yourself with your former self when you got your diagnosis, what do you wish, um, you could go back and tell yourself? Okay. So yes, I'm Christy, Christy Smythe, um, from Illinois and my son is five. Um, and we had a very early on diagnosis. Um, so about 11, 12 weeks, we knew. Um, and so my pregnancy was pretty much nothing but worries. Um, worries, concerns, Googling, reading a bunch of old, old statistics, scary things on the internet. Um, if I had to go back and tell the next person that, you know, has a diagnosis or finds out that their child will have Down syndrome, I would say, don't Google. <laughs> um, get connected with other moms. Find find moms. Find your local playhouse. Join a podcast. <laughs> um, find the Down Syndrome Diagnosis Network. Um, find your group. Find your people because you need support. And those are not, you know, all the things you read, all the things you hear, all the things on the internet are not true. Um, my son had multiple markers of many different things. And when he was born, 
Um, he absolutely has nothing wrong. An absent nasal bone and an extra chromosome. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so um, he's happy, he's healthy, and I'm a mom of three boys, and I wouldn't change a thing. So just um, don't don't believe everything that you, you know, you read and that you hear, and um, it will be okay. <laughs> you know, your kids are a blessing, and it's so worth it. It's so, so worth it. And I know, like, we talked earlier that our kids are about the same age. And, like, it, the Internet really has changed. I think so many of us have been working so that, so that the, the mom now who is Googling Down syndrome is, is the first things that pop up are not, I hope, are not the negative things anymore. Like uh, Heather has set up This is Down Syndrome, which is just stories of people and beautiful pictures and families. So, um, yeah, I think that's part of, of shifting the narrative. It's like we're changing to what people find when they Google. Thanks for sharing. That's awesome. Okay. Hey, um, only tears are accepted here. Um, if you if you don't cry while doing this, then I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> okay, you can do this, Shelby. Okay, here she is. Here's Shelby. I'm Shelby, and my son Cameron is five. Um, if I could go back and tell myself. Um, I would say that I hit the jackpot every single day and that he will break through every single barrier that the doctors say that he won't. Um, they are capable and they will do any and everything that they want to as long as you continue to be an advocate and push them to do things. Um, it's, it's absolutely the best thing that I've ever experienced in my entire life and I don't know why I was so scared, but I, I turned to Google um, and that's where it's scary. So really changing that perception um, and letting people know that it's okay and it's okay to have a child with different abilities and that um, it, it's a, just a great life. I wouldn't change it for the world and I truly am the luckiest mom in the world, I think. That's all I could say. <laughs> uh, thank you, Shelby. Okay, so you can just tell us your, your name and your child's name and and yeah what would you tell yourself if you could go back and talk to her hi my name is hannah and uh, my son's name is colton he's two and if i could go back um, i would tell myself um, to just be kind to myself and give myself grace and take a deep breath because this is a long journey ahead um, and just be kind and gentle to yourself you're not in this alone, and you can do it. I love that. And we talk a, we talk a lot on the podcast about how this is a marathon and not a sprint. And uh, it's, it's so hard to live that out, right? That's really good. Thank you. Okay. My name is Julia, and my daughter's name is Emmy. Um, if I could go back in time to the diagnosis time, um, the one word that comes back is that I felt super alone. And I wish I could tell myself that I wasn't going to be alone and I was going to have my tribe of people and uh, I'd be walking hand in hand with a lot of really great people and I wouldn't be doing it by myself. I love that. Thank you. My name is Katie and my son's name is Henry and he is one. And if I could go back in time, um, I would tell myself that <laughs> um, all of the fear and sadness um, is very quickly replaced with joy. <laughs> um, and you can't even begin to imagine the joy that your child will bring to your life. And 
um, the other people that your child will bring into your life um, and the support and love that you will feel. And um, yeah, so just to focus, focus on the good and stay positive and um, know that there is so much joy in the journey ahead. It's so beautiful. Thank you, ladies. This is like a, a table of sweet tears here, and I love it. Love it. Thanks, you guys, so much for doing this. So I'm Erin Mestis. Uh, my daughter Tatum is six. Um, and if I could go back and tell myself something just after diagnosis, um, I actually had, I'm cheating because I had the chance to think about this um, recently when I had a new family ask me that same question. Um, and I would tell myself to that the greatest movement um, in the processing of Tatum's diagnosis and what that meant for our family and our other kids and myself and our future, um, the greatest forward movement in that happened once I connected with other families. So if I had it to do over again, um, I would encourage myself to make those connections much sooner than I did. Um, that seeing other families who were months or years ahead of us and being able to look at them, you know, look, they're, they've got four kids too. Look what they're able to do. Look at their happy, functioning, doing great, awesome family and look at their cute, cutest kid. Um, so I think that that's the one thing I would tell myself. Yeah. I love that. And I love a good practical answer too, of like for people who are tuning in and just being like, what do I do next? It's really good. Any of the rest of you? Okay, tell us your name. Okay. My name is Brittany Shogger, um, and my son Jason is three. He just turned three this summer. Um, I would say the biggest thing I would tell myself going back is to just jump in and embrace it and not overthink it. Um, my background, I'm a pediatric physical therapist, so I've worked with lots of kiddos with Down syndrome, and I feel like I just came at it from this analytic perspective and being able to meet with other families and step back and just enjoy the journey was the biggest process and not trying to like focus on that next milestone or activity or that kind of thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm Mallory Judkins. My son Clark is 16 months old. And if I could go back and tell myself something at the beginning of this journey, I would tell myself to just trust your mom instinct that you are the absolute best mother for your child. And no one knows them like you do. Uh, no one has more intuition than you do. And you know, you'll know what your child needs, that in the middle of the therapy appointments and the doctor's appointments and all of those wonderful people that end up making up your dream team, of all those people, you know, are your child's best advocate. No matter what happens, you have that special relationship. And um, as you trust yourself and just lean into your your parenthood and your motherhood, that this journey will unfold in a, a beautiful way that you never would have expected. Oh, that. You guys are, this is like little eloquent corner over here. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> you want to say something? You don't have to. Okay. Um, my name is Kristen Rubelar. Um, I have Olivia. She is five years old, just turned five. Um, and I'm not one of many words. So I guess if I had anything I could say to myself at the beginning, it would just be that it's going to get easier. And there are 
so many people, um, specialists, therapists, doctors, other moms, um, family that will have your back and you're not alone. Yeah. It's a good, beautiful. All right. Okay. Tell me your name and your, your kid's name and how old they are. And then tell us what you would, would say. Um, I'm Jessica Pruitt, and I am the mom to Jax, and he is going to be five in October. So I've been in this community almost, well, we got our diagnosis um, prenatally, so I've been in this community for five years. Yeah, just sitting there in that chair, listening to the doctor, um, I felt an overwhelming sense of peace, so I would... I know it's trite, but just to tell people it's going to be okay. Like your life's going to be different, but beautiful. And just your opportunity to meet new families and people that you would never meet. Um, and wonderful therapists. It's just, it's going to be there and that it's going to be okay. And you will move on from this. <laughs> You'll be a nice, wonderful family. That's it. I'm going to cry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and it, I love what you said. It's a whole new world. And it's a world that, like, you're going to be such the better for, for entering. Yeah. Can I come over to you guys? So I'm Sarah Swanson, and my little guy will be two tomorrow. His name is Noah. Um, and when we initially got the diagnosis, I was actually at work at the time, and it totally blindsided me. I had no idea. I was through... Uh, CFDNA diagnosis and I just felt like the floor was falling out underneath me and I had like no idea how we were going to move forward and I was just so afraid it was going to ruin our family and my daughter was three at the time and just how that would impact her and me and my husband and our marriage and our family life um, and now you know two years later I can just see what a bright light he is in a family and how he connects us as a family. He's brought us together in advocacy for him and just his calm, sweet personality has brought so much to our family. And I see my daughter who is five now and seeing, starting to see how he's different and how that impacts her and how she looks at the world. Like we just had a conversation last night um, about the playground. She just started kindergarten um, and how like looking for the person who's different or the person being left out and going to that person and including them. And I think a lot of that comes from Noah mm. and how that's changed our family. Thank you for that. That's so beautiful. Here we go. <laughs> I am Heather. And my daughter's name is Jade and she'll be four in one month. So she's three. And if I had to go back and tell myself at diagnosis something, I would tell myself that this is the best thing that ever happened to me and my family. What is happening right now? I'm crying already. Um, and um, Jade is going to bring so much joy and laughter to our lives and that I'm really going to find my passion finally. And um, advocacy is what I was made for. That's it. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. <laughs> what do you think? Do you want to go, Mandy? Okay, here's Mandy. I am Mandy, mom to Robbie, who just turned four years old. 
Um, and if I had to tell myself something back when I got my diagnosis, um, you will never for a moment regret or wish that Robbie didn't have Down syndrome. And he is the best thing that ever came into your life. Thank you. Thank you, Mandy. All right. Hi, I'm Amy, and my son Cole had just turned four last week, and we had a birth diagnosis, and it was pretty traumatic. <laughs> and um, I would definitely go back and tell myself to not waste so much time grieving. And I also carried a lot of like guilt and shame for wasting that special time with him in the beginning. And I guess to tell myself to not feel so bad about that, because that's part, I mean, the grieving process is part of everything, but also to not worry. And there was just something about when he turned one and I looked back and I thought, why did I spend the whole last year worrying and stressing about everything when I have this amazing kid who just brings love and happiness to everyone who meets him? And he's just a blessing. I love that. And I think there's like, I, I think that grief, I, I don't know. I think like both things can be true. Like, I think you can grieve and, and cherish at the same time. And I think that part of that too is us learning how to give ourselves grace to do that. Right. Like letting ourselves both have both at the same time. Thank you. All right. You guys. Hi, I'm Jenny, and I am David's mom. He is going to be four in December. And if I could go back and tell myself something after having a birth diagnosis, I think it would just be that everything is going to be okay, um, that there is hope, and that um, David is going to live an amazing life, and he is going to teach you things that you never even knew, um, and he's just going to light up the world and, and the room that uh, and everyone that he meets. Love it. Okay. Believe it or not, I'm here and I found a table full of twin moms, and I'm so excited right now. Um, all right, so does anybody want to share? Uh, my name is Sarah, and my twins are four years old, Jack and Ollie, and Ollie has Down syndrome. Um, and I guess what I would tell myself, we had a birth diagnosis, so I found out the evening um, that they were born that Ollie had the markers for Down syndrome. And I think I would just tell him or tell myself, um, it's going to be okay. I immediately, I knew nothing about Down syndrome. So I immediately went into how long is he going to live? You know, will anything be normal for us? And I would just go back and just give myself a big hug and be like, it will be okay. You have two amazing kiddos and they are everything's going to just be perfectly fine. Stop worrying about it. Just love them. <laughs> so good. Yeah. There's like that. It's like a, what's the word? It's like a fire hydrant just like dousing you. And you're like, what information is true? It's so scary in that moment. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. I'm Michelle and I have twin girls. They are two years old. And we had a pre-birth diagnosis from blood work. And so for us, it was really easy to get wrapped up in the Googling and the research and everything else. And I would tell myself to not 
use Google as a resource to enjoy your pregnancy and to just live in the moment because the second your children are born, you're going to look at them as any other child. There's nothing in the immediate in the sense that they're here, they made it, they're on this earth. You're going to live day by day. Um, surprisingly, my twin with Down syndrome beat out her typical sister from NICU and it just goes to show that they will defy all kinds of odds and surprise you in so many ways. So it's just live in the moment and enjoy it for what it is. Don't get wrapped up in the diagnosis because those are things that you can tackle and you can reach out to your support system down the road and and you're going to hit new roadblocks every day. So, yep. That's really good. Yeah, I had a prenatal diagnosis too. And that was like the, I feel like I've talked about before that it was like, a diagnosis for so long until my son was born. And then I was like, oh, it's you. Like, you're not a stranger. I know you. And yeah, it's just, it's, yeah. It, when it's an it's a idea, a diagnosis, it's scary. But when it's your baby, it's your baby. Hi, I'm Chrissy. My twins are two and a half and it's Blaze has Down syndrome and Alistair doesn't. And I also had a prenatal diagnosis and I didn't even know I was having twins till I was 21 weeks so that was one shock and then um, at four weeks we had blood work come back there was 75% chance that one of our twins had Down syndrome and I ended up doing amniocentesis to kind of figure out what was going on and if I could go back I think I would just be a little bit more nice to myself about being depressed about the diagnosis. I actually knew things about Down syndrome and I think it was sad because I didn't want my child to struggle. I didn't want to have them where they had to fight to walk. And because I knew the bone muscle tone would make them hard to walk and all these other struggles. And that in a way, though, that would be okay because they'll find their own happiness. I think that's so helpful. Like the grace, giving yourself that grace to grieve. Because there's, I mean, of course, of course we're sad. Like it's a hard, it, you know, we, on the other side, we want to say to everybody, like, look what our kid can do. And that, you know, this is, this is fine. This is great. And it is, it's great in a different way. And, and yeah, but there is a struggle and nobody wants their kid to, to struggle. And you have, and so it's okay to feel that and, and walk through that and be kind to yourself about it. Thank you. That was really good. Hi, my name is Kelsey. Um, I have six-month-old twin boys. Oliver has Down syndrome and Parker does not. And we also have a four-year-old girl, Zoe Kate. Um, for me, the diagnosis was a prenatal diagnosis. I had a lifelong dream of having twins, like most people, but it was to the point where as a baby, oh my gosh, as a child, I like played with twin dolls. I wanted twins so bad. And um, I had a tumor in my early 20s that took one of my ovaries, so I kind of felt my dreams of having twins were over. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so um, when my daughter turned four, we were lucky to have her, and uh, we were ready to have another baby. Um, so I found out I was having twins alone because it was COVID, and for two months I was like in complete bliss, like my dreams of having ba two twin babies were coming true. Sorry. And then one day I got a call um, the day before my daughter's fourth birthday. We were at the park and my OB let me know that what I thought was going to be a simple genetic test to determine the gender of one of our twins 
Um, she told me there was an 87% chance one, one or both of them would have Down syndrome. And I was standing by the duck pond. And I had a complete meltdown. Um, I called my husband. And I don't even remember the rest of the day. I just went home and felt like everything I wanted had been taken from me. Um, so if I could go back now, I mean, it's been, they're six months old. It's been really hard. Um, he's had open heart surgery. We had to relocate for a month with six-week-old twins. But if I could go back now, I could tell myself, you know, there are so many people that are going to help you. We have an entire Facebook group called Oliver's Army of people that we know and don't know that have sent us money, gifts, prayers, meals, and it's people, you know, I worried so much about would Oliver be accepted by other people. And not only is he accepted, I feel like he is loved and celebrated by people we don't even know. So I would just go back and say, like, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Everything, people are going to love him for him and probably even more than his really difficult twin brother. So, <laughs> yeah, so just to be, just to accept, l allow the people to love you and get you through it. So that's what I would tell myself. Sorry. I'm, I'm telling you, I love crying. I love when people cry. Um, yeah, and I just think, too, that like, allow it, like the gift of allowing yourself to be loved, the gift of giving people a chance to love your kid. Like, you know, don't, I feel like I've, I've always been such an independent person. Like, I don't want other people to help me. I don't want other people to, you know, I don't want to feel like a burden to other people or ask other people for things. And I'm very, like, I'm a planner. I need to know, like, what are we doing next week? What are we doing next year? And having a baby with special needs, you know, I don't know what that looks like. And just being able to reach out to others and letting them take care of you, letting them pray for you, letting them talk to you, you know, buy you dinner, all those things. It's like, wow, I, I, I do need other people to help me. So, and we've had such a good, like, outpouring from so many people that it's like, wow, you guys really do love my baby for who he is and not just a diagnosis. So, yeah. What a gift. That's amazing. It's such a beautiful story. Thank you. Anybody else? Hey. Hi, my name is Lauren. Um, I have twins who are almost five, and mine was a prenatal diagnosis, and they were early, and there was six months of NICU, and lots of medical issues with, with Brighton. Um, but I would probably go back and just tell myself it's going to be hard and there's going to be a lot of things that you have to do and figure out and learn. And I would probably go back and teach myself how to do things that doctors didn't teach me how to do, um, but that I can actually do it. And I'm strong enough to handle all of those things. Um, cause I remember when I first found out, I was trying to find like honest answers about a day in the life of Down syndrome. And, you know, you get the, the good stories. Oh, they're wonderful kids. They're always happy. And, and it was hard to, I was like, I'm sure part of that's true, but that can't be everything. Um, so I would tell myself honestly that there are things that are hard, but that you're going to be able to do it and you're going to do it because he's your son and that's not going to stop you. So, um, and I can do it every day without fail. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at with that. <laughs> Such a, like a confidence, not a, not a confidence booster, but just like feeling like you know yourself in a new way. Like, wow. The things that I, yeah, yeah. You're stronger than you think you are. Okay. Okay. Ladies. Thanks. Twin ladies. So nice to meet y'all. Thank you. Hi, my name's Jana, and my daughter is Aria Lynn, and she's three and a half. 
And if I could go back in time and tell myself something to decrease the craziness and the chaos in my head, it would be, it's okay. Those things are in the future. Just deal with the things today. Enjoy the cuddles. Enjoy all the cuddles. Enjoy the smiles. Just enjoy this moment because who cares if she's going to drive in 16 years? Who cares what her first job is? Who cares if she can't drive a boat? Do you want her to drive a boat? <laughs> she's going to be amazing. She's going to love Target. She's going to love Starbucks. She's going to love all the things that you love because she's your daughter and you made her. I love that. I love that. Especially that she is going to love Target. It's very important. Very important. <laughs> Thanks, Jana. Here, I'm going to start recording if you guys are okay. Um, okay, so um, tell us your name and your just first name and your kid's name and how old they are. And then, yeah, what would you say to yourself? Uh, my name is Sharonda. My son's name is Asher, and he is eight. And if I could tell myself something back when he was born, it would be, well, when I found out that he had Down syndrome, I was 12 weeks pregnant. And um, I actually was told in the best way. My doctor found a friend who had Down, whose son had Down syndrome, and he brought them to me and introduced me to them and then told me that my baby was going to have Down syndrome. Um, of course, I cried because I was scared. And um, at that time, I had eight kids. And I did not understand how I could be a mom to a special needs baby because I had already done it to all these typical kids. And it was a challenge just for them. I didn't know how I was going to be able to mom up <laughs> for this baby that's going to need a little bit extra. So I guess the one thing I wish I knew then that I know now is that it's all going to be okay. It's going to be hard. There's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times. And most of all, there's going to be scary times because he's had open heart surgery. He's had cancer and he is still here. He's kicking it. He's thriving. And it's all going to work out. It, just have faith and hold on tight because it's going to be the best ride of your life. I love that. It's so beautiful. So eloquent. And also like superhero, mom of nine. You freaking kidding me? <laughs> like, uh, that's thank you so much. So I'm here with Bethany. Um, Bethany, can you tell us um, your your child's first name and how old they are, and um, yeah, what what you would say to yourself? Sure. All right. Uh, my name's Bethany. My daughter is Vivian, and she's four. Um, what I would tell my past self is, <sighs> see, this is why I didn't want to talk yesterday. Uh, to not worry, basically. Um, uh, your daughter's going to do amazing things. Um, and it's okay to let go of like the preconceived ideas that you had because she's her own self and like she's actually amazing, right? Um, and that the relationships you'll um, gain because of her are like the most true and honest. And the relationships like she'll make with your family members, grandmas, are just the most pure and amazing thing. So basically, she's the best thing that ever happened to me. 
That's why I couldn't talk yet. Uh, it's beautiful, Bethany. Thank you. It's like, I, I think it's so good for our listeners to hear like the depth of emotion around it, especially those listeners, because I, you know people will tune into this episode who have just gotten a diagnosis. And this is what they need to hear. This is what they need to know. There's, it's beautiful. It's good. It is, it's hard doesn't mean it's not going to be the best thing. And I mean, something that really struck me is like, you have these ideas about your child and when they might have a diagnosis, like of anything, right? Immediately you start thinking, how is their life going to be impacted, right? It's not going to be the way I planned it. And there's plenty of parents that have typical kids that think that they're going to go to med school, right? And they don't start seeing who their child is till they're later in life and trying to process everything of what your child can succeed and do when they're like just being born with their diagnosis. It's a lot to process and it's also not necessary, right? Because your kid, they're going to be their own person. Um, and that for me was like a big realization. Like, I don't need to worry about how she's going to be when she's 30. Like, let's just give her the best support to succeed now. And like, she'll build upon that, you know, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I think that is such a good point that we don't talk about enough that like the rest, like people, when, when their child is born without a diagnosis, it later, they're going to find out at points, like there's going to be dreams they have to let go of and it's going to come slower and they're going to be able to do it. It's still going to hurt in those moments, but it isn't all at once. And, you know, in this conversation, as I've talked to other moms, I think there's been like, there's, there's that like sense of sometimes there's sadness over the, the time spent grieving. And, and I, and of course, like there's, there's sadness over that, but I think there, there's just so much room for grace with ourselves to say, look at what I got. Like they handed me this whole list of things that were going to be hard, that were going to go wrong, that were like dreams unfulfilled. And all, when you are slammed with that all at once, of course you're going to react that way. And then you have time and space and healing and you start to see a different perspective and just spending time with your child and like realizing how amazing they are right as opposed to like focusing on a diagnosis this is great bethany thank you so much i really appreciate it Okay, friends, we're back. How did that feel, Heather? It is so sweet and precious. My my favorite thing is as soon as you ask the question, instantly everyone's got like their throat tightens up. They're going to cry. Uh-huh. It's as soon as I think about it. It's just like it goes so, I mean, it, there's that emotion of having a newborn baby and holding grief at the same time. There's nothing like it mm-hmm. to have it. There's so much feeling there. Mm-hmm. And you can tap back into that in a second. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of us in the now, like right now, every day, there's something that we're battling or working hard or fighting for, for our kid or trying to understand, you know, like yeah. something new that can feel really hard. And then you go to that place and it's mm-hmm. tender and it, the emotions yeah. just, just surface. 
I, I run a, re- I host a retreat with my friend Liz Plakta from Ruby's Rainbow called Lucky Mama's Retreat. And um, we've done four years now. And every year we start, one of our opening exercises is writing a letter to your former self. So very similar idea. And what would you say to yourself in a letter form about your child and what you know now? Um, and the second, like you start talking about it, like this is what we're going to do and everyone's going to disperse and write the letters and we come back and share. And even as I start to introduce it, there's a handful of women who just start crying. And then the second everyone comes back and whoever shares, they're like, dear. And they just burst into tears. Like they can't get past <laughs> that word. Um, but the feedback we get from people that come is it's one of their favorite activities because there's so much of like being seen and known and remembering. And the thing that I, that we do is I'll, I write down as people are saying, I write down like one-liners and then read that back and think like, now this is a letter to your future self because it, it doesn't end with our kids with, I think in kids in general. And we were talking about that, like there's something coming up that we're going to get to that feels too hard and scary, but you've done it before, right? We'll we'll continue to do it. So it is, Mm. I think it's really special to have that, like that, um, a real tender place tucked in our, in our hearts always when it comes to our kiddos. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so important too. to, it can be so easy to just get caught up in today and to, to go back and to remember and to kind of, you know, set up a memorial in your own Mm -hmm. heart so you can go back and it's a touch point and you can say, that's why I'm doing this. This Mm -hmm. is, this is hard right now, but it's, it's learning to bear the beams of love. Yes, exactly. It's hard. It's hard. It is. It is. And thanks to all those mamas. Thank you. Each and every one of you. I hope you hear this episode for being vulnerable Yeah. with with Micah when she came to talk to you. That was really sweet. Yeah. It was really nice of them to not push me away and boo me. And yeah. Did anybody boo you? Did anyone anyone like, get out of here, get that microphone out of my face. (laughs) Did anyone say that to you? No, they were all very sweet. (laughs) That's going to be in the blooper episode. (laughs) (laughs) The woman who slaps me. I don't want anything to do with this. (laughs) I know her name and I'm not going to say it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I'm again, thank you for everybody who participated in this episode. I know that a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, um, felt known and connected by listening to today's episode. We're going to take a little break here from a sponsor this week, and then we're going to come back. All right. A message to all the mamas out there. Our needs as mom, they are legitimate. And when we put on our own oxygen mask first by staying healthy, we are better able to care for our kids. Our energy improves, our mood improves, and we feel strong and capable as a mom. The thing about it is this isn't something that we can do alone all the time. And so that's why we're really excited to share with you about Oxygen Fitness. Oxygen Fitness, which is started by and run by Megan, who happens to be a mom of a child with Down syndrome, offers online coaching programs for special needs moms. Head on over to Oxygen Fit Coach on Instagram and Facebook. That's Oxygen Fit Coach and use code LUCKYFEW to get your first month free. To learn more, you can go to Instagram or Facebook at OxygenFitCoach. Use code LUCKYFEW at checkout to get your first month free. 
Hi friends, Heather here. So we launched a thing called the Seek Down Syndrome. It is a global movement to shift the Down Syndrome narrative. With storytelling and relationship at its core, This Is Down Syndrome will offer an expansive, relatable, and transformative look into what it really means to live with Down Syndrome. So through powerful images and bite-sized engaging stories, we will show a variety of aspects of living with Down Syndrome. We will do this by photographing and highlighting not only people who have Down Syndrome, but their parents, siblings, grandparents, extended family members, friends, anybody connected to a person with Down Syndrome. You can go to thisisdownsyndrome.com or on Instagram, we are this.is.down.syndrome to learn more. Friends, we're so thankful you joined us for another throwback episode. Don't forget that we will be back live and in person next week with a brand new episode. We're so excited to be with you again. In the meantime, we want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail or DM on Instagram and share about your family and your good news about your loved one with Down syndrome. And if you have a product or business that wants to help us shout the worth of people with Down syndrome, we would love to partner with you. You can email hello at the luckyfewpodcast.com for sponsorship opportunities. We want to give a huge thank you to our editor, Josh Avis, to our producer, Val Schleter, to our sponsor, and all of you who've shared the Lucky Few podcast with friends who've listened faithfully and cheered us on. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember that you, dear listener, supporting your loved one with Down syndrome, you are a shouter of worth and a narrative shifter. So keep on keeping on. We are cheering for you. We'll see you next week. Bye.